Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wall on us. Facing and taking on all the blatant pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. Once again, I wanted to thank everyone for listening and uh, to welcome our more recent listeners. If you uh, like what you hear, go and take a look in the archives as we've got a bunch of other episodes that you might enjoy as well if you are new and have not listened to them yet. Or, hey, if you want to re-listen to episodes, we're not going to complain about that either. Anyways, um, for this week... I wanted to discuss the concept of the winner-take-all economy and what it means in the world of technology and Silicon Valley and entrepreneurship. Um, I actually was taught uh, my intro economics, Economics 101, by Professor Robert Frank, uh, who went on a few years later to actually write the book on winner-takes-all economics. I think it's called The winner takes all society or something like that, which argued that there were some systematic reasons why certain successful companies seem to not just be slightly better than their competitors, but to absolutely dominate the market. Um, That argument, which he made first in 1995, was actually pretty prescient in that the rise of the internet and the concept of network effects made the concept of a winner-take-all Uh, economy even more powerful. These days, uh, there seems to be room for a top dominant player and maybe a second smaller competitor just to keep the big player honest, but everyone else seems to fall off the map almost entirely. It's difficult to compete unless you totally take over the market, it seems, in, in many of these markets. This has raised some serious concerns about monopoly powers and what it means for the innovative force of competition. Om Malik recently wrote an article for The New Yorker um, keying off on, on this issue, talking about the um, shutting down of a company called Sidecar, which was a distant third in the rides for hire market uh, behind Uber and Lyft. Uh, the article actually turned into more amusing of how Silicon Valley now seems to be dominated by winner-take-all models. Uh, and as he writes, he said... Uh, In the course of nearly two decades of closely following and writing about Silicon Valley, I've seen products and markets go through three distinct phases. The first is when there is a new idea, product, service, or technology dreamed up by a clever person or group of people. For a brief while, that idea becomes popular, which leads to the emergence of dozens of imitators funded in part by by the venture community. Most of these companies die. When the dust settles, there are one or two or maybe three players left standing. Rarely do you end up with true competition. Uh, so that was that was Ohm's quote about it. There are, I think, reasonable concerns about this. Competition is often what drives innovation and keeps abusive monopoly practices in check. But if that competition goes away or the barriers to entry become impossible, do we end up stifling possible innovation? On the flip side, some will perhaps reasonably argue that because of the information economy, 
winner-take-all is a natural and almost necessary condition to get the kind of network effects and scale that improve innovation. That is, network effects happen when each additional node on the network makes the product better for everyone else. In that world, a service that everyone uses is actually better for everyone else. And related to that, even those winners seem to have a, a tendency to decline over time. After all, if you look at the winners from 1995 when Professor Frank wrote his book and compare it to who the big winners are today, you're likely to have a very different list. Either way, these competing forces are, I think, worthy of a discussion. So we've got our usual co-hosts again, Hirsch Reddy and Dennis Yang, back here again to discuss this question of whether or not Silicon Valley really is a winner-take-all economy and whether or not that's a good thing. Mm. <laughs> I mean, is, is it limited to just Silicon Valley, though? Or? No, I don't think it necessarily is. But I think, I think wow. part of the argument is that it's, it's very clear when you're dealing with sort of information services yeah and that and that that you get those network effects that make the winner take all situation even more powerful than in other kinds of industries sure and and, and even in i mean the two example the, the example that you just mentioned in terms of transportation services you know uber and lyft are seen as kind of the the first and second sure um but only in certain markets right like so and the information like, economy um is differs from the transportation economy. Sure, but that, I mean, you could... Right? Like yeah, but, but I mean, Uber and Lyft are information companies, realistically speaking. Like, yes, there's a there's a, the there's, transportation thing, but, but they're there's not... There's a local com component to it, right? Like, they're they're not... Uber and Lyft are, are not, you know, just naturally not in the China market as strong as they are here. Right? Yeah, but, but um, I mean, you could... That's... I think that's a different issue. And I think if you look... You know, Lyft, not so much because it hasn't gone quite as international as Uber, but like right. if you look throughout the U.S., right, throughout the entire U.S., Uber and Lyft are one and two everywhere, yeah. pretty much. I yeah. mean, everywhere that, they, that they're, that they you know, in, in business. So, so the, I mean, basically, like, does, does the freer flow of information that we're living in, in the age in which we're living now, like kind of speed that transition to a monopoly type situation. Yeah, I mean, part of the argument. So, and and this right, is like not that, this is not just about Uber and Lyft, but but right. if we're if we're using that example, right? You know, Uber has network effects, which is yes. that the more people who are using it, the more riders you have, the yep. more drivers you have, the faster your car comes, the more likely you are to to yes. to get things. It's to a better work. service. With it's more. it's a better service yeah. with, with with more users, and you know that's true of a lot of different internet-related companies yeah, today. eBay is that way, right? Like e You can argue eBay, Facebook, Google in some sense, perhaps less so. Yeah. Um, Google less so, but, but why is Google still a monopoly? Well, there, I, that's a, a good question. I think there are a variety of things. I mean, Google does get additional information from the number of people using it that I think it feeds back into the system. That, and I think that then makes their product better. That, that makes their product better. That's at least... Part yeah. of the argument. Yeah. Um, I, I think you guys are sort of uh, formulating this a little bit orthogonal to all right. what so, I think it so, is. I, I think, so, so I think that the, the interesting thing to look at is is what are the barriers to entry, right? Sure. So you guys are calling it network effects, but there's a lot of different industries where, where um, despite network, network effects, you see lots of entrants sure. right, into the market. Like, and that's, like where? It's places where there's an open standard. Right. If there's an open standard, like for example, email is more powerful the more people that have email, 
but there's lots of different email clients, lots of different email servers, right? Like, right, but nobody nobody owns exactly. email. Okay. So it's not the network itself. It's whether there is some kind of entryway for a new player in the market. Mm. So as long as the network isn't monopolized and you can't, if you can scrape data out of it, then there's ways of launching uh, competing right. products. So, so you're saying if in the case of transportation networks, if, if the transportation network itself were kind of a standardized protocol, exactly. you can build on top of that, then you would have yeah, competition. routing, exactly, billing services. If, if basically, if there was an app that, you remember Trilio or Trillion, where we could send one message, it would go to ICQ, it would go to yeah. like yeah. Yahoo and Trillion. everything. Yeah, yeah, Trillion, was that it? It's something like that, where you have an app on your phone and you dispatch for a car and it gets the first one that comes back from whether it's and a there, Lyft or Uber. There are a couple of people who are trying to build those kinds of things. So Yeah, know. but they don't do well, right? Because right. Uber and Lyft are so ubiquitous, right? So why is a user... Like, mm-hmm. Trillian didn't do very well either. Like, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I think it's partly there because it wasn't a well, they common were trying standard. To cre- right? They were trying to create right. a common they, they standard. Weren't, right. They were either using APIs or sort of mm-hmm. finding their own APIs in order to make those work. And oftentimes, the companies, at the, the end companies, actually didn't want that to work and mm-hmm. actively worked to, to block those kinds of services. Put incompatible things. Right, because, exactly. because the companies want that control. Right. But but so, I mean, look at it. But actually, your, your point makes me think about it in a different way, right? Which is like people are saying that Amazon right now is kind of a monopolistic hold on the entire online e-commerce oh, that's, industry, uh, right? It's not true at all. But, 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 but like my point is maybe if, if you dig a little bit deeper, there's actually a lot of vendors within the Amazon ecosystem. Like is, is that not really monopoly? Like I, Amazon I might have the protocol layer now, look, right? Even if you look at a- Amazon as sort of a market of markets where they basically surface vendors who run right. their own stores, yeah. even in that space, there is a lot of competition. Right, and that's what I'm... There, well, no, there's yeah, eBay, but, but, but there's you, you, Alibaba there. I mean, there's yeah, like a, but, but you have to admit that, again, none of these, and none of these examples are true monopolies, right? They're, right. Not, they're not dominated by one player, but they do seem to be, there does appear to usually be one dominant player and then maybe a few smaller ones. And Amazon, without a doubt, in the e-commerce space, is a dominant player today. That doesn't mean it has to stay that way, but it's been a dominant let's, player for 20 years. Yeah. Maznick, let's not abuse the term monopoly. I, 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 I said they're not monopolies, but I, I... But so what would be the problem then? So if someone grows big just because they present a value proposition, that itself is not harmful. Well, that, that's it's what harmful. I'm asking, yeah. It's harmful if they grow so large that their service is not good, but users are still forced to go there and then they charge like sort but that's, of rent so, so I'm, I'm making yeah. a th- that's absolutely true and, and I agree with you completely like there there are monopolies or dominant players and there are abusive dominance or abusive monopolies and those can be two different things and I agree with you and I think the idea that just big is automatically bad I don't agree you know I don't think that's true though some people make that argument mm-hmm. my point here is actually a little different and and I agree like if a company becomes too big and and then they're doing bad things then that actually becomes a market opportunity for somebody else to come in I actually am making a slightly different point which I like think is a little more nuanced, which is that when you have a company that, that's, that is that big, if they are still doing well and actually serving the market, which I think is, is that's all good, but the thing that they're cutting out then is that does create a barrier to entry that lowers the amount of competition and it lowers the amount of innovation because you don't have that competitive push for innovation, right? So even if you know Amazon or Google or Facebook are doing a really great job and, and, and trying to meet the customer need, they don't have the same pressure driving them forward to innovate to figure out what the next thing is. And it's harder for somebody else to come into those markets 
because of that dominance, right? Do you, right. Does that so, so difference make sense? You could have an, a, a better product than Amazon, but you're not able to get traction in the market because of Amazon's size? Is that what you're saying? It, it, no, it's not even that you're not... I, I'm almost arguing it's, it's slightly different than that. It, it's that you don't even try, right? That, like, that, oh, that, that companies aren't even entering the market because, we, because the barrier to entry is so difficult. Because Can we just agree we're not there yet for Amazon, though, given the number of like custom you know, company to to customer direct well, type of companies like shaving and sure, babies and sure, diapers sure. and like and, a billion and things. Like there, shoes, there are, like, and I, I, I don't deny, and there, and there are companies like, like Jet, right? That's like the big new e-commerce company that's trying to take on Amazon head on. And so I agree that there are some companies that enter that market, but it, it's, there are fewer than could be entering if the, the barriers to entry were lower. And so, so, but but how would you lower that you're, barrier? You're, I don't know. I, I'm I'm asking this question. I I don't know what the right answer is. So yeah. so let's look carefully at what. So it depends on what the sector is, right? Like if sure. you if you if you want to start a new car company, for example, the barriers to entry are very high because yep. there's the capital cost of building a car factory. Yeah. Uh, but there's also regulatory costs, right? Sure. And something like a shopping. Uh, 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 a, a Amazon requires warehouses all over the place and there's huge barriers to entry. It's capital barriers to entry. And those, I think, are natural barriers to entry. They're not regulatory. They're not due to some law. They're not due no. to some weird structure of our but, economy. But, but they are but, just the nature of that business. That's true. But, but, but there's something else here, too, which is that if you are starting, say you were to start uh, an Amazon competitor, and, and again, Amazon's not, there are, competitors popping up but say you wanted to start one if you wanted to go out and raise money for it the first thing that most venture capitalists are going to say to you is like ah you know amazon is this you know massive player in this space nobody's funding e-commerce startups anymore very very rarely i I don't agree with that i mean didn't that dollar shave club just get funded and there's like there are there you choose the niche you figure out the marketing strategy and they'll fund you if you show traction and people do it I mean, diapers.com, when they first had, is it called diapers.com? Those guys who were... Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's who they're, Jet they're is, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. so, it's now diapers. So, oh, so di- diapers got, got bought, got by, bought Amazon. by Amazon yeah. and disappeared. And, and <laughs> the guys yeah. who founded it left and started Jet.com trying to take down Jeff Bezos. Um, is there something like that with Dollar Shave Club too? <laughs> uh, what, what do you mean by meaning? Is he from somewhere else? Like he was no, also something that bought, no, no, okay. no, no. I mean, but but now even like you know, and there's competition to Dollar Shave Club too. Like everyone talks about Harry's now is sort of yeah. like the competition. So yes, you're Sounds right. Sounds like there, a healthy market. There, 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 <laughs> there are things popping up, but but there's a question of, you know, if 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 there's enough to really drive competition and innovation, or if those those areas are are at risk of stagnating. And so you got you're disagreeing with me? Yeah, I think th- I think there's just a lot of competition like there's like if you want to look at things like delivery within cities there's like Instacart, there's like tons of stuff. Uh there's something else what is it called? <laughs> shop shop something shop help or Something mm. like that. <laughs> really? Really? A, lot, a lot, of, lot of competition. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm but, not, it's not something I track every day, but there's like, I, I seem to get an ad every day from some other company or the other that wants to bring me food to my apartment. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that, that, that's, that's, that's right. So there's right. like Postmates and, and. But that market and, has and, not uh, yet matured. Right. right? That, so. that market is still shaking out. But just you watch. I mean, I think two years from now, it's going to be much clearer who are the dominant players in that area as well. I mean, there's, right, there's, there's basically, there's monopolies and there's anti competitive practices. Right? Sure. So you can have, 
what, what seems to be a dominant player in a market that does not kind of act anti-competitively. Right. right? And, I, and I think actually, you know, and, and I've made this argument a lot in the past. Like there are people who, who argue that just because like Amazon, Facebook, Google are really big, that they should somehow be broken up just because of their, they're big. And I disagree right. with that. And, and I think, you know, I think, you know, watch for abuse, mm-hmm. you know, an abusive market power. Like that's reasonable and that's that perfectly, that makes sense. But just breaking them up because they're big, I don't, I don't agree with that. They're a tiny fraction of total retail. Who, a tiny fraction. Amazon. They're, they're not. They're not. They're not as big uh, as. They're not as big as Walmart. You know, Walmart is still bigger. I actually don't know. What, yeah, I don't th- know have they just overtaken them this Christmas? Because they I, didn't last year. They may have this year. But. I, I don't know exactly how big it is compared to Walmart. And but by the way, at Walmart has a big online presence. So does Macy's. You know what I mean. And if you want to talk about electronics or other high margin stuff, there's Adorama, B and H, there's uh, Newegg. You know what I mean? There's like there's just tons of. Uh, I feel like Amazon specifically is very far from it. All right, so so let's and move away. Very, so fine. All right, so let's move away from Amazon, right? But we have we. I, and I'm I'm not sure I agree with your premise, but but there are so move into other markets, right? So Facebook, maybe. So sure, social networking, right? You have Facebook, which is clearly the dominant player, right? And then what? But the thing about Facebook is the way they have enabled other social networks by sort of opening up their graph and allowing you to kind of piggyback like, off of your connection. To like f- which, what? Like well, which one? Instagram did that early. I mean, they you basically Instagram, connected with your friends through Facebook. Facebook. Now, now. <laughs> but when they started, it wasn't the case, right? Um who else? I mean, I guess everybody else now is just using your telephone contact list. No, no, they're not. I mean, like that—that's the problem right now is that Facebook is has been kind of cl- shutting off access to their no, graph, yeah. right? So, because they basically, when Facebook was not the dominant player, mm-hmm. all the apps, you know, they were like, okay, we're going to participate in this ecosystem. Let's have open access to the graph. We'll allow you to navigate it. We'll allow apps to kind of work with it. It feels like that in recent kind of year in the, in the past year, they've really been shutting out, down access to it. Like same thing with. You know, Twitter, who basically shut down Meerkat's access to, to mm-hmm. their graph because they were launching their own competitive product, Periscope, right? So, and it's like once you have, essentially, it, it feels bad to me that when you're building a company like a Facebook, you kind of are an, a, good, a good citizen in the API ecosystem until a, a point at which you're like, you know what, mm-hmm. we're good. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, and I mean, in that, certainly becomes a concern and, and you know there's a part of me that says like these things go in cycles and you go back and of course you know there was friendster and there was myspace and then facebook came along but it's like you know and and so in in my head i'm always like you know something else is going to come along and and take down facebook but um did snapchat come along and take i mean Snap, the, snapchat could be right so it's possible by the way how did they start their social network did they piggyback off of facebook in terms of you find your friends through facebook or no it's snapchat no snapchat is your address book i think yeah both snapchat and whatsapp were both your phone contacts i think hmm. um and whatsapp now is also owned by yes. facebook right i mean because fa- they, they, rec- fa- they facebook actually recognizes this issue and i think mark zuckerberg in particular has recognized this issue and he's spoken about it that there's always up-and-comers and and he's you know, willing to to put an awful lot of money on the line to to yeah. sort of acquire some of them early, which I think is strategically from from Facebook standpoint makes a lot of sense. Um, so maybe that does show you that it, they're not necessarily yeah. have a, mon- a monopolistic stranglehold yeah. on, on that business. Because if, yeah. if you have to buy your competitors, that's not really a monopoly. That's again, I, again, yeah. I, I'm not <laughs> yeah. I'm not arguing that that these are monopolies. I'm just saying that that you have a lot of dominant players, and it makes. I mean, right now. 
it's probably not very easy to get funding if you're doing a social network, right? And little ones pop up here and there and then disappear. Yeah. And there's, you know, there was like LO and then the one that people <laughs> were just talking about now is Peach, right? But, but already like, you know, that was announced like, you know, a week or two ago and already this week I'm seeing things like, oh yeah, remember Peach? You know, it's hey, like... what happened to LO, by the way? Is that still going? I mean, it's still there, but nobody uses it. Yeah, and they, can, they can't make any money because they have no advertising. Right, right, which is a whole other <laughs> issue. But, um, it, you know, I, I think I, I, I do, I, I recognize both points. And, and, you know, my general inclination is, you know, you don't want to, and, and I'm, I'm, so I'm not, I'm not arguing for like, I'm certainly not arguing for like breaking up companies for being right. big. But I'm just, I'm wondering more conceptually if there's an issue to be concerned about when you have to be the dominant player to effectively survive in these markets, and then if that crowds out right, and innovation. That, that's that's a very different question. Yeah. Right. So, if if kind of getting large and becoming a, a monopolistic entity is kind of the natural state of things, right? Yeah. So how so what is an example of like a company that's doing really well that, I mean that like like an industry for example that that supports several that, large healthy businesses. Oh, I mean, there's right? tons of them. I mean, think about. It. Your computers, there's lots of hard drive makers. There's lots of different kind of SSD there's not, makers. Not as many anymore. Now, well, now because <laughs> the market's <laughs> contracting. That, that's, no, but that's what I'm saying. Is that no, but like, there's lots of SSD makers now. Yeah, but... Right? but uh, there's I mean, how about this? There, there are lots of markets that start out that way, and they all seem to consolidate over time, yeah. right? Like look, look at these. Look at big businesses, right? In terms of like automotive industry consolidation, airlines definitely consolidation. Even look at you know consumer packaged goods, cars. There's not there's that many not, players. Not there's many. lots of car companies. Not that many, and and I mean, I might say there's too many. There's like overcapacity. There's a lot of car brands. There's a, but right? but Look, the actual actual car makers. You Volkswagen, know, Toyota, <laughs> Honda, uh, Ford, right. the whole GM network. So I, I guess that's I mean that if Fiat. you think that's a, if you think that's a lot, right? There's that, a lot more than there should be. Jesus, there's a whole Mercedes <laughs> really? networks. There's the BMW guys. They're all these are all separate companies. I right, but that doesn't like it's, it. Feels like there could be more. Suzuki, right? so, I forgot about that. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, you know, there had been Tata. no 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 successful American new car company. Well, except Tesla in, in many years until, until Tesla. Tesla. <laughs> but but before Tesla, you went decades before. Yeah, there was, there was an there's an actually another one called which one? Uh, Rally Fighter. Here How are they this? doing? They're yeah, no. not successful. They're like, <laughs> not successful. They're open source. They're like the open, the open source, source car. car yeah, <laughs> they're they're not doing great. Yeah, I, I, I think there'll be more. I mean, but they're, but how? how where, I mean, where? Google and Apple—they're about to enter this industry, <laughs> dude. Like, it's it's not. It's they will come from other directions, but they're gonna come in. I, I just saw, I just saw the Faraday car in, yeah. in uh, at CES. Yeah, which I don't is, really uh, know if that's a real the car bicycle either. people. No, oh. no, no. These are. Because like that, that name's taken by the actual the, the bicycle brand. Right? Yeah, no, this is different. This is different. This is the company that they they just got like a billion dollars, and it was like a big secret as to who it was, and then it turned out it was like some sort of Chinese investor. But but they're trying to build <laughs> okay. like a, a Tesla competitor, um, and and putting a tremendous amount of money so, for it. So and, naturally, and they, they took. Faraday. Right. So if yeah. Tesla, then would Edison be the so other? The, Edison the will be the next one. <laughs> I mean, that's already taken. <laughs> uh, I, well, I mean, yeah, so I was guess. Tesla, and so was Faraday, apparently, and so, but they had they Wait, had Tesla a, was taken before the Tesla company. There, there are other other companies yeah. that have used yeah. Tesla, and and so, um, but Faraday, they're trying to to build 
with Chinese money and American car companies doing electric cars, and they had a fancy car at CES that was looked yeah. like the Batmobile. But yeah, uh, cool. I so, like, uh, are people going to go through the history books and look for every scientist that anything? Yeah, to pretty do with much. The that's jewel. What, the that's that's what, what I would do. The I, mean, the I think the ohm. the ohm would be good. Oh gosh, um, but. You know, I mean, there are other industries that are more competitive. You have like fashion industry is is it's intensely competitive, intensely competitive, and you know, and then there. I mean, this is going into another topic that we love to talk about, but like you know, there have been studies as to why is the fashion industry so competitive in so many small firms and very few large yeah. dominant firms, and yeah. one of the key reasons, according to the research, is the lack of intellectual property protection for fashion designs. So there is an argument that sometimes the intellectual property protections are what lead to the you know creating right. the the giant dominant players. I mean, I don't think it's IP that leads to consolidation in like the social networking space. That's probably not because I think no. in in those cases it's it's the network effects, right? And once you lock in those network effects, it's very difficult for others to lock it in. So that's I think it's a different kind of of um, you know asset, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the other hand, there's a lot of IP around smartphones, but we see a lot of smartphone makers still, and, and new ones coming around all the time. Yeah, but only two dominant. Uh, operating system platforms for those those yeah but that's just a small part of it I mean the uh, operating system, there's a ton of Android companies yeah yeah there's a ton of companies ton building of companies still but but things. it'll also be interesting to see if that shakes out because I think I yeah. think we're starting to see a few really large players come out of that ecosystem whereas before it was a lot of small ones but a few larger ones are, are starting to show up and 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 starting to dominate that market yeah I mean uh, I think that market will be interesting it's it's kind of the the battle between the 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 open platform kind of approach versus sure the yeah. ones that we that was a previous topic we had right so <laughs> <laughs> we're we're no longer coming up with future topics now we're yeah. talking about all the past topics we've talked about before um, yeah but I, I I don't know I mean it's I I just think it's an it's an interesting issue I mean, and then like even in the search space like there have been a few smaller search engines and you know people like to point to DuckDuckGo as kind of you know, yeah, a, an alternative. I mean, Ask Jeeves is still around, aren't they? So I actually have no idea. No. Um, but but I think that I mean, you know, if if the question is, you know, is winner take all kind of the state of things? I think, mm-hmm. like my my answer to that is, yeah, for a little while, right? And I think what we've seen time and time again is that, you know, there are natural tendencies for businesses to kind of gravitate towards a winner take all type situation. But even those opportunities and those situations are not permanent. Yeah. Um, and that's what's so beautiful about the, the way I think we've set up, you know, the way things work right now, right? So I, th- I think the natural state is a couple of big companies and then lots of little ones trying to create new markets, essentially, that's, or, or specializing for particular niches. I think that's kind of what the uh, natural state is for most. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that may be true. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I still worry about when there's, when there's sort of a crowding out effect. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I'm not, you know, that's why I had this discussion. I'm not, I'm not completely wedded to one viewpoint or another. But it, It's the binary star system theory. It's like you have two big suns. There's the two big companies orbiting each other. They're in competition, and they're both large enough to sustain scale, 
It's like your Walmart and your yeah, Amazon, and then lots of little dollar-shaped clubs and stuff like that, trying to get, you know, like little planets or moons, trying to orbit them, trying to pick off. But in, in your star analogy, aren't there a lot more single star systems than binary star systems, right? So yeah, but that's where the analogy breaks. <laughs> that's why I said it's a binary star system. No, but the, the point is like the star. The, the, what the, the, the whole <laughs> analogy breaks. The, analogy the whole analogy work. breaks. <laughs> Why does it break? Because you're you're basically saying like, hey, it's a binary star system. Look, these two. It, if the if the right initial conditions exist, such that you can allow for two stars to orbit on each other, and then it works. But most star systems are single star systems because of the whole fact that you're one. Once one guy is big enough, mm-hmm. then he's, his gravitational sucks pull in sucks in and, all and the time. Uh, to, to be honest, though, I mean, it, most of these markets that we're talking about, moving away from this weird. Bad. Yeah, that's, that's a bad analogy. <laughs> I'm gonna put that in the, in the, in the bad but, analogy but bucket. For, for the most part, they are. It is. It is one really big company. There may be a secondary smaller company, but but most. No, I of think these there's markets, two. Even in mature markets, I mean, it's not. It's not just Oracle. It's Oracle and SAP. It's not just Microsoft. It's Microsoft and Apple. And, and there's two. There's usually I mean, two. Microsoft people. is more like I'd say the leader in like the business application market, right? So yeah, but in any one of their given markets, they're not a solo player. There's always going to be there's one a other. big guy and then a second player, like an Uber and a Lyft. There's a Hertz and an Avis, right? So like the the second place player is much smaller than the first place player, which is I think you, the winner has taken all, and then everyone everyone else in the market is left to kind of fight so over it's, scraps. It's it's like winner takes seventy percent. Okay, it's, it's not all, but they're taking a very large portion of the market. Right, and so there are concerns about not and I think the not, lead, not the traditional. I think yeah. the traditional concerns are are abusive monopoly power. But I, I'm saying, is it is it creating other things that we need to be concerned about as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the concern here is that the, if the number one player is consistently number one for essentially the entire tenure, that what we feel like true competition more looks like is like, okay, this year, um, Uber is Uber's doing really great. Lyft then did this innovation, so now they took over, right? So then, and then the, the third year, then another company, Sidecar or something, comes over, over and like they take over the lead. And it's, it's a real race. Like basically, if we had the New York Yankees winning every single World Series, it gets really boring. And that's not kind of what we, we like, right? So the Indians need a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Yankees winning all the time. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting question. I, I guess the other thing that we didn't really explore in this is, you know, is it is it a bigger issue when it comes to information than than other markets? Do you think do you think that that the impact of those network effects make the internet more likely to be a kind of winner take all market? It feels like things move more quickly, right? So sure, like the industries in which that are that are touched by this information ecosystem. The time scale is just very much accelerated. But but I think right? I think it's not only that. Like if you look at the players where we do have these you know dominant players in the market, they usually do dominate more than other industries where you have dominant players and then secondary players, right? Is that true? I th- I, mean, I, I think so. I mean, like yeah. you said, Hertz and Avis, right? But I don't think Hertz has a market share like Google has a market share or like Facebook yeah, has a market share. Or like eBay and the second place player. Who is the second place no player idea. in that? Right. Um, and so and again like. You know, I don't think you have um, like the scale of dominance. The that you scale have. of dominance that you have, and and I think there's a reason for that, and I think it's it's the network effects of that. You know, the these services when they're so dominant, that's you know, it's better. It's better not just for the business, but for the users as well. So there's actually, you know, a, a sort of snowball effect going on there. 
Um, but they're not able to abuse their uh, monopolies no, and, and the way that's, monopolies uh, right. Republicans. And again, you, that point is I'm 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 giving you that point, and I agree. I think in most of these cases they're not they're unable to, and they're not abusing it. And if they did, that that would be a huge opportunity for those other players to come up. Um, but but I am concerned about what it means for where that innovation in the market comes from. Does it need to come from that? that large dominant player. And we know historically that large dominant players don't always innovate at the same rate, um, even if they have access to more information and can do, and obviously more resources. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they innovate in the same ways as, as you know, sort of a startup mentality would. But then that, that's the advantage of that second, third, or fourth, or fifth place player. Right? It's Is hopefully that, that they, they, they right. push the innovation and they're able to especially Especially if the innovation is, comes at a, at a short-term loss to that, Leading players business, right? Sure. So, you know. Yeah. All right. It's interesting. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, but yeah, <laughs> but I, but I do take Lyft instead of Uber just because. Okay. Me too. Yeah. I've heard that from a lot of people. I, I use them. <laughs> I've used them both. I kind of go back and forth. I don't know what makes me decide one or the other. Yeah. Um, but, um, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I think, you know, I, it's, I think it's something worth watching and it's something worth thinking about. And, you know, and, and I... But, the, but there is something really very, like, human about cheering for the underdog, right? It's, it's not even cheering for the underdog. I, I, I mean, you know, I think, right? I mean, I use a lot of these products that are, are, are dominant. Like, I use Amazon, I use Facebook, I use Google, and I don't dislike yeah. any of those guys and I don't wish ill on any of those companies. I mean, I think that all three of them do, you know, good jobs in, in what they do. Um, because the alternatives are not as good. Right. And for the most part, the alternatives are not as good. But what, right. I, I guess I'm not, maybe no, I'm not explaining myself no, that's clearly. The, that's the, pro- that feels like the problem, right? So if you didn't want to use Facebook and you wanted to stay connected with all your friends and family from wherever, mm-hmm. what product would you use? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> but 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 it's not even that. I guess I guess I'm still trying to raise a different issue, um, and not doing it successfully. Yeah. Um, I, I guess it's not so much now, and it's not so much I'm I'm worried about that. I'm worried about the the innovations that aren't happening because of that dominance. And I, I guess so that's, so that's you don't, hard to express. Right. So you don't even know what you're missing on. Right. Right. But maybe, like, maybe it's already there. Maybe like Snapchat, you don't get it because Snapchat is scratching an itch. That you don't. It's funny. Have, I just, I, right? I just this week. You joined? Uh, no, no. I joined a while ago, but this week I finally said I'm, I'm going to start figuring out Snapchat. Yeah, we're too old. And I and I keep hearing that, but I that's does anybody in our <laughs> does anybody in our demographic? That, that's like I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually. This is a whole different discussion, but I'm kind of sick of like all of us in, in our generation <laughs> saying, well, yeah, Snapchat is the first platform that makes me feel old. I'm too old. I'm too old to get Snapchat. Have you tried using it? Yeah, That's why I feel too old. Yeah, no, no, yeah, the, yeah. Here's, yeah, here's yeah, the reason. But, why. It's not It's not an age issue. It's the network effect thing. Like none of my, none right. of the people that I know use Snapchat. Right. right? So, so that was the thing. Like last night, one of the things that I was literally doing was was adding a bunch more people on Snapchat in the hopes that some people yeah, I, I know I actually, <laughs> actually use it. Uh, and that I can, I can get a sense of it, but, but like, um, the more, um, I actually Do you want everyone on the podcast to add you on Snapchat. No, oh. because I'm not, I'm not broadcasting anything on Snapchat yet. Uh, well, they'll, they'll well there you go. That. That's why no one's using it. Everyone's <laughs> thinking the same thing. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. But, um, uh, did you just snap 
I'm Snapchatting right now. <laughs> as we speak. So, but of course, by the time people hear this, it'll be gone because that's part of the nature of Snapchat. Anyways, that's we're going way off the path, and maybe we'll have a, a future podcast episode on Snapchat where we learn how to Snapchat. I was reading something today that said like that you know there was because everyone argues like is Snapchat losing out on all this business because it's impossible for people to understand how to use it. And Snapchat's response was something like, we think it's good for people to teach each other how to use Snapchat. And it's sort of like a social thing, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't get it. Anyways, yeah. that's a different discussion. Um, this one, I, I guess maybe I didn't express myself clear enough, but it, it's still an interesting discussion. It's something I think is worth watching and thinking about. Um, just in terms of the way innovation works and the economics of of information related businesses, um, and maybe I think need to think of a better way to express it, and we can have another podcast in the future. But yeah. it's it's I, I think it's interesting. Anyways, that's another podcast uh, in the bag, and uh, thanks for for listening. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Dennis and Hirsch, once again for co-hosting, and we will be back next week. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. To grab a shovel and pick up the cat. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and pick up the cat.